0: Said a teaching series uh, a couple of weeks ago on the blessed life, the blessed life. And if you missed the midweek service switch where Pastor Uh, T.J. put it, you know, in this format for us, a powerful message on it. Uh, I just want to show you again this morning. This is what a blessed life looks like in a nutshell. Yeah. This is Abraham, who is uh, our role model for the blessed life. We said a blessed life is a covenant life. Uh, the foundation of the blessed life is a covenant relationship with God. And don't forget, we read from Psalm 112, yeah, that the foundation of the blessed life is a covenant relationship with God. And if you have a covenant relationship with God, these are this, uh, the offshoot of it. transgenerational blessing, uh, generous character, steadfastness, impactful life, legacy, honor, persistent victory, not once in a while victory, persistent victory, uh, wisdom, Uh, freedom from fear, provision and and sufficiency, divine establishment and protection, and divine direction. A blessed person does not walk in darkness. A blessed person is never stranded. The hand of God is always there, saying this is the way, walk in it. A blessed person enjoys divine protection and the covering, covering of Jesus. A blessed person is the one who, 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 you know, understands that God has made a provision to meet him or her at every point of need. A blessed person is not a slave to anything. Worships God with everything. That's the real blessing. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Yes. Or oh, look at your neighbor and tell them, you are blessed. Yes. Look at somebody and tell them, you are blessed. Yes. Praise God. So we're pushing forward in this message series this morning. And I've titled this, An Enemy Called Greed. An Enemy Called Greed. I want to underscore a point this morning. That in spite of the blessing... And in spite of a covenant relationship with God, there are certain things that can still limit the expression of the blessings of God in your life. Or there are certain things that will reduce the efficacy of the covenant in a man's life. One of them is greed. Greed is a showstopper when it comes to the blessed life. It will limit the expressions of the blessings of God over a life, over a family, when greed is allowed to have away that's why we are looking at this this morning greed is an enemy to the blessed life greed is an enemy you must fight the enemy called greed the devil may not be able to stop you from coming into a covenant with God but if he successfully allows greed to hold your heart it will limit the expressions of the blessing over your life You know, after the devil has lost in trying to hold us back in darkness, then he starts to look for other opportunities to hold us down. One of such opportunities that the devil seeks to take hold of a lot of the time is to introduce us to greed and make sure that there's a strangled hold of greed over the heart of a man. When that happens, we ask the question, is this person really blessed? Let's start out from Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 24. Proverbs 11 and verse 24. He said, there's one who scatters, yet increases more. And there's one who withholds more than is right, but leads to poverty. Verse 25 says, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will be watered back also. But we're focusing on verse 24. There's one who scatters and yet increases. And there's one who we told more than is right. And lead, it leads to poverty. I love the message translation. That's the official translation for this message. <laughs> and I want us to read it together. Message translation. Can you put it up for me, please? The message translation. One, two. Can we go? The world of the generous gets larger and larger, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. One for the Son. What about the Holy Ghost? Let's read it one more time. One, two, go. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I think one for the God the Father. All right? One, two, let's go. The world gets larger and larger, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Can you help me ask your neighbor this morning? What world do you want? Because it's either you embrace the world that gets larger and larger, or you embrace the world that gets smaller and smaller. Scripture says here, message translation, Proverbs 11 and 24, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. It presupposes that I need to make a decision which world I want? Whether it's the world of the generous that gets larger and larger, or the world of the stingy that gets smaller and smaller, cause something in people's mind here that we need to make a decision: which world I want to live in? Which world is it? The world of the generous that gets larger and larger, or the world of the stingy that gets smaller and smaller? Greed, ladies and gentlemen, is not your friend. You need to choose who you want to be, whether it's a stingy person or a generous person. But greed is never your friend. Greed will hold us down, sometimes even against God and against his instructions. Greed will hold us down against obeying God's principles in our homes. Greed will hold us down against our obligations in in business partnership. Greed will hold us down against our obligation to our employers, our employees. Greed will hold us down against our obligations in in marriage. That's what greed does. Greed is a destroyer. It wants to destroy your marriage, destroy your relationship with God to the end that you don't value any, you don't have any honor for God, especially as regards uh, your resources. Greed. Traditionally defined greed as intense and selfish desire for something. Intense and selfish desire for something. Especially wealth, power, or food. The opposite of greed is generosity. Synonyms for greed. He says, now as he was going out on the road, he came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good one, that is God. You know the commandment Jesus told him. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. The guy did not allow him to finish, he said, and he answered and said to him, teach uh, a teacher. All these things I have kept from my youth. This guy was like, look, I mean, you're going about Ten Commandments. That's my stuff. You know, don't that all my Been saved a long time, yeah. The Bible says Jesus looked at this guy and he loved him. Jesus loved him. See, there is written there. Jesus loved him. Great plans for this guy. That's what Jesus was saying in his heart. Said we need to help him. There's only one thing that is left for him that he needs to deal with: greed. That's the name of the thing. To him, one thing you lack. There's one thing that can stop you. That, in spite of a covenant relationship with God, the blessed life may still elude you, and it's called greed. Yeah, it's called. Greed. Jesus looked at these guys. Ah, ah, you've done all this. You're a good guy, good Christian. Yeah, couldn't call him Christian because he has not yet died. You know, uh, if you meet Jesus and I say, "What can I do that may eternal life?" He say, "Accept me as your Lord and personal Savior." you can lay all that things on it. In those days, it was the law of Moses. So Jesus said, "Okay." That shall not, that shall not. Say, ah, no, no, don't bother. I, all that, that's, that's, that's my modus of I've been doing that all this while. I operate by that. Jesus said, oh, good guy. One thing is left. Can you tell your neighbor, say one thing. One thing. Say one thing you may lack. <laughs> Jesus said, this one thing you lack. Give your, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give it to the poor. Jesus said, let's test you for this one thing. One thing that you let's test you for it. Let's see whether greed has a hold on your life or not. It was a test. <laughs> Go sell everything, give it to the poor, and come back, carry your cross, and follow me. Can I say this this morning, ladies and gentlemen? Not many people that had encounters with Jesus got the opportunity of Jesus calling them to come and follow him. Most of the other people, Jesus will say, Go back to your family. Go and do this. Go and do that. This guy had a place reserved for him on Jesus' team. And he bungled it. Jesus said, let's help you to deal with greed. For you to maximize your destiny and your life uh, in the covenant with God, greed cannot be a part of it. So one way that you can demonstrate that greed has lost its hold on your life is to prove that your, your, your sense of value. That what you possess is not the foundation for security. That's what Jesus was trying to do here. Let's see whether your security is in me and following me or the things that you have. Because you have some good stuff. <laughs> the guy failed the test woefully. May you not fail the test of life. Yeah. In the precious name of Jesus. Yeah. Then you like, go your way sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and take up the cross and follow me. You know, Jesus had said, go and bring everything you have and come and donate it to our ministry. depend on me. I may not be here tomorrow. If God transfer me, I'm gone. I, do, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. He, what he's doing does not, God doesn't need man. He said, if you don't play your part, I will raise stones to do it. You understand? It's about you. It's not about God. Man cannot stop God. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. God doesn't need a change in your account. You need Him. And He says, connect, deal with greed. Before you were born, God has been wealthy, He has done all His projects. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still here this morning? God has been, I mean, this gospel has been preached for over 2,000 years. And money has been spent on it, how can somebody then sit down and think it's my money that they're looking for? For what? Were you there when Peter was preaching? Did he ask for your money? <laughs> if God will have to wait for you for the gospel to be preached. Yeah. I don't know if you get what I'm saying this morning. Yeah. This, the, this gospel has been preached for two, over 2,000 years. Before you were born, we've been preached before you made your first one, Naira. And the gospel will continue to be preached. Money will be spent to preach the gospel. So when we preach about generosity, greed, and all these things in church, it's not about nobody's after your money. I'm just helping somebody who is still new in this church to settle down and listen to God's word. Just settle. Settle yourself. This is about how you are going to maximize the blessings of God over your life, live in the covenant, Make God your security, not your bank account. Yeah, not your bank account. This guy failed this test. You should not fail the same test. He couldn't take instructions that would better his life. He couldn't. He couldn't take instructions that would better his life. The Bible says in verse 22 But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. If I want to rewrite this verse, I would say he was sad, went away sorrowful, because great possessions had him. Because he couldn't leave the possession to follow Jesus. He didn't have the possession, the possession had him. Held down his soul, because something in him was crying out, Jesus did not call him, he wanted to meet Jesus' master, what can I do that I may get eternal life? Jesus told him what he needed to do, but his possessions held him down. How many people in our world today are so far away from eternal life and from the the mega things that God has in mind for them just because of possession? Greed will limit anyone who comes under the stranglehold of greed. To limit the blessings of God over your life, greed will scatter a marriage if you give it the chance to. Yeah, I was saying in the last service, you know, somebody will be covering this one, covering that one. It's greed. Trying to just cover what you have, mount it up. My husband must not see it. My wife must not know. They said two shall become one. Are you really one? We need to ask. One is one. But one can only be achieved if both of us have dealt with greed. When you have two people who are married and greed, add one. Stranglehold here, stranglehold there. You know, this is how they will be headbooting all the time when it comes to money issues until the marriage breaks down. Are you going to carry the money to wherever you are going? No, I don't understand. Because when you allow money to break down your home, what is supposed to bring peace and joy into your home is breaking it down. Because of greed. Or to your wife. But the truth is that you will not say I didn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth rather than going back and fix the marriage so that the marriage can operate the way God wants it, you'll be covering up and giving excuses. The same way you're giving excuses to God for not tithing or not giving, the same way you're giving excuses to your wife, why your wife cannot have this and not have that. Yeah. And you see a man who has refused to be generous a lot of the time, it's not only about, uh, sometimes some men will say, eh, eh, my wife my wife doesn't have control when it comes to money. <laughs> You too, you are greedy. Let's say the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's say the truth. I know there are some women that need to be tutored not to lose their soul when they see plenty of money. Yeah, I know. Because they just want to, they want to just splurge. Yeah. But let's put that aside this morning. I mean, I don't know how many people here saw the video that was making the rounds on Instagram about a lady I think it was her birthday or something, and um, I just I, I saw it on Instagram. This lady, she was kneeling down. She was in Yoruba attire, and her husband. She was crying and was we her husband to the point that the man himself broke down. Even me, I was almost crying. <laughs> yeah. I seen this, this girl. She was saying in Yoruba. She said, "Ah, he said this man has blessed me. He's, he called the, the name of her husband. Let's assume Adekunle. He said Adekunle, you are a generous man." Oh my God will bless you. Oh my God. Ah! The friends of the guy they were holding him. The guy was crying. Yeah. I was moved to tears myself. When you see a woman that is singing the praises of her husband, that's a truly generous man. I'm telling you the truth. That's a truly generous man. A truly generous man. Generosity cannot be faked. It's a lifestyle. It's a habit of heart. It's an expression of freedom. That I'm free. I'm not bound by possessions. My security is not in my possession. It is in God. Let's, let's get a little deeper. Look at the 12. Look at the 12. I would love to discuss why people are greedy. But before we we do that, let's let's look at Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 from verse 13. Luke 12 from verse 13. Can you put it up for me, please? It says, then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? This was a guy who was asking Jesus. uh, He knows that his brother is the firstborn. He was supposed to take the inheritance. Of the family, he now told Jesus to break the tradition to tell his brother, because he's Messiah, to share with him his greed and covetousness that is worrying the guy. It's not his inheritance; it's his his brother. Yeah, if he likes, let him give you. You know, some people, other people's possession is your vision. How? You look at somebody's house, somebody's car. You now turn it to a vision. The next one year, you do, the only prayer you have is, God, I want that car. How can somebody's possession become your vision? God is the one that gives vision, not your friend. Yeah. Let every ambition, everything you're trusting God for, be as God has put a desire in your heart. Not because somebody has it and you want to match up. This is part of the reason why people become greedy. I'm not saying you cannot desire something nice, but to turn it to a do-or-die affair because my friend has it. Gucci gang. <laughs> eh? You know, he says, is he not able God? <laughs> That's how greed destroys people. If you are watching from abroad, all these things are saying, yeah, for Nigerians. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is how greed destroys people. You want to wear designers the way some people wear it. And you turn that to your vision. That sh- that's not your... It, it, uh, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will grant the desires of your heart. It's out of my delighting myself in the Lord that the Lord puts desires and ideas in my heart. I see what God is doing in other people's life, I celebrate it. I don't turn it to my vision. Yeah. So this guy was asking Jesus, tell my brother to give me. Look at verse 15. Verse 15 of Luke chapter 12. The scripture says, And he said to him, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Yeah. He said, Let skill this thing properly. Yeah. He said, don't, don't allow your sense of value for yourself and your sense of security to be tied to your possession. Let your sense of security be in God, who is the giver of all good things. Take heed and beware of covetousness. One translation says, beware of greed. He said, all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them saying this. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And uh, he talked within himself saying, what shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crop. So he said, I will do this. I will put down my bands and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, I'll say to my soul, you deserve some accolade." Yeah. That's the NNT, New Nigerian Translation. Yeah. So I'll say to my soul, you have many goods laid up for, for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Just enjoy your life. And God said to him, fool. Yeah, fool. That's what God said. No, God can call somebody a fool when the cup is full and <laughs> overflowing. Because initially, God would have been wondering, okay, maybe he will change this, but maybe God upon you are a fool. He <laughs> said, so this night, your soul will be required of you. Then, whose will those things be which you have stored up? You know, if you stop here, you will think that God is not happy when people prosper. But that's not the issue god was not sleeping when his land was bringing forth plentifully yeah god wants us to prosper the only thing is that he will test us with prosperity yeah the test of greed will come because he looks at this guy and said he was just looking at him the guy when he was taking his talk he did not acknowledge god he did not say this is how i'm going to give to god I'm going, going to give to any human being, or appreciate anybody, everything was just about him. And he still wants more, and he wants to build greater storage, greater this. And everything is, I will say to my soul, I will do this. Everything is about him. God looks at him and says, you are a fool. Yeah. Because it's only a fool that assumes that there's no God. Because that your land did not just bring forth anyhow. I made it to bring forth. When you then think it's all about you because you are smart, because you are good, because you know people, I'm going to show you you're you a serious fool. May God not call you a fool. Amen. I cannot hear your amen. amen. So, verse 21 So is he, the Bible says, Jesus speaking. He said, The story of this man says, So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. And it's not rich towards God. It's not rich toward God. And you have me ask your neighbor, are you rich toward God? And God I mean, Jesus went ahead to just admonish about dealing with worry and focusing and putting your, your sense of security in God. So where is your sense of confidence and safety? Where is your sense of confidence and safety? Is it in what you have, or is it in God? Where is your sense of confidence and safety? Jesus said, don't lay up treasures for yourself in a place where uh, the thief come in to steal, and, you know, moth and rust will destroy, and all that. Lay up treasures in heaven. You know, lay it up so you can meet it up there. It doesn't mean that we can't live a good life here and have a lot of money. The first scripture we read in Mark chapter 10, when you read beyond where we stopped, you see that um, uh, after Jesus finished dealing with that man who came to him and said, how can I get eternal life? He said, go and sell everything. And After Jesus finished dealing with the man, his disciples started to say, ah, if this is the way this thing is, then rich men cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus looked at them and said, no, it's not like that. He said, with man, it may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And what he meant was that anybody that has resources but is willing to To step everything low, not to allow greed to hold his or her, is still a candidate for God's kingdom. Yeah. It has to be with God, not without God. Money without God makes you a candidate for outside of God's kingdom. Yeah. An outsider in God's kingdom. Money with God, which is that you allow God, you surrender to God, and allow him to help you to deal with greed, then with God, it is possible. Glory be to Jesus. Why are people greedy? One, poverty mindset. When people are afraid of being poor, one of the major issues we have in our country, especially with our leaders, is poverty mindset. Because we need to ask ourselves from time to time, how much is enough? Have you asked yourself that before? How much is enough? A lot of the time I ask myself, how much is enough? I say, yeah, hey, where I am for now is enough. God will take care of tomorrow. It's enough. In a bid to secure tomorrow, in a bid, you know, to to be permanently free from poverty, you want to become your own God. You want to make all the money you can make, even if you're going to crush people. Even if you're going to lie and cheat. Then greed holds you. And when greed has locked you in, Integrity flies out of the window. Love flies out of the window. A man that is greedy does not understand friendship when it comes to money. They said you don't mix friendship and business together. That's what those people say. Yeah. If you make the mistake of holding a greedy person money, ah, if you don't have money, they will collect your blood. Yeah, that's how bad it can be. <laughs> Because if he says somebody to go and break somebody's bone, he say, You don't have money, I will collect your blood. Break his leg. That's, what, that's how bad some people are with money. We'll beg them, even pastor will come and beg and say, Ah, hey, Pastor, please, let's leave God out of this thing. Huh? Yeah, it's my money. I work for it. The brother must pay. Yes. Yes, he must pay. If he doesn't pay, I will use EFCs to carry him. Yeah. I've been pastoring for longer. I've sat with people before. I would say, hey, they say, Pastor, so step aside. The EFCC is coming. They'll carry this burden. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah? I yeah. have yeah. yeah. situations where I would say, okay, let's just pray. <laughs> That's the only thing I know to do. So we we'll pray. And I enter my car and drive off. Yeah. <laughs> say, God, the rest is in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you the truth? I'm not saying that you should be a waster. And you should allow people to waste your money but I'm saying one thing to you today. Don't die because of money. Don't lose relationship for money. One is more important than the other. That relationship got a place in your life that God wants you to milk till he calls you home. If you terminate them because of money. Let me move on. Poverty mindset. Scarcity mindset is another one. Some people just have the mindset that the resource, resources are not enough for everyone who needs them. Demands outweigh supplies, so we have to hoard what we have. Yeah, scarcity mindset. It makes people become greedy. One thing to be ahead at the expense of other people also leads to being greedy. Yeah, you don't have to be ahead at the expense of other people. All of us can fly together. God has enough space in the sky for everybody to fly. Say amen, somebody. Insatiable appetite. When your appetite cannot be satisfied for many things. That's why I said we must always ask ourselves the question, how much is enough by time? If you can't answer that question, you will get into trouble with greed. There's no amount of money that you can amass that can guarantee your future. People who stole as if they are preparing for Olympics for stealing. Yeah. They steal and steal and steal, yet, in their 70s, they are broke. Their kids are non entities. And yet they've spent all their life just amassing wealth. Are you still with me today? Materialism is another reason. When people are materialistic. They define their lives by what they have. And they want to have what other people have. So it's always about, you know, one big thing or the other. And that leads to greed. Because you want to keep having and having. Yeah. The people who sell things, they leverage people's, you know, materialism. I mean, this, this sense of materialism, they always bring new one. Yeah. You and some people pride themselves in having new things. Yeah, the latest phone. Yeah, this is uh, is you know. I don't want to mention brand, but you see this. Can uh, you hide this one? You know, I uh. <laughs> the latest of this one, the latest of that one, the latest of this one. Before you came into this world, there has been latest. After you have gone. There will be many letters. Maybe you'll be coming from heaven to come and be buying the latest. Yeah? We need to ask ourselves where do you say no? Where do you press the brake? If not, you are lured into living a life of materialism. Everything is driven by a quest for possession. And greed will set in. you don't know where to press the brakes again. People also become greedy. Because they don't truly understand the love of God. Not working in the understanding of the revelation of God's love leads to greed. When you read Matthew 6, from verse 19 to 34, Jesus said, you should not worry about all these things. He said, your Heavenly Father knows what you need. He said, look at the lilies of the valley. He said, even, even, even Solomon, in all, with all his money and wisdom, is not arrayed like them. God just clothed them and put Nice colors on them. Yeah. And if you have seen great flowers before, you understand what I'm talking. If you're a designer, you understand how much work and thinking you go through to be able to put an array of color and pattern together. And then you see some something that is just growing out of the ground. And the pattern and the color arrangement is breathtaking. You don't know that's an intentional design. And only one person does that. God and Jesus said, What are they useful for? God will do all that because of them. Then what do you think about yourself? You think God has placed no value on you, and until you worry yourself sick, before you can get things done. And in verse thirty-three, there he said, "But you, you need to seek God," and he said, "Seek His righteousness." It means seek to live the kingdom life. Seek the kingdom and its righteousness, His way of operation. It's alignment, that's his righteousness. Because righteousness means right standing or alignment with God. Seek that. He said, if you seek that, all these things that you're looking for, said they will be added. the are additions to it. So let your understanding of God's love remove anxiety about tomorrow from your heart. That's what you should allow it to do. Let that understanding of God's love, let you remove the anxiety about tomorrow from your heart. Because the anxiety about tomorrow is what makes you to hold back. We say give to God. Honor God with tighten. Honor God. You know, do this, do that. You yeah, are holding back. Because your sense of security is in that money in your account. People are old enough here, we understand. We've had some stock market crashes, an economic downturn in this country. In 2016, 2017, up to 2018, I was making a lot of money. Financially, I was doing well. And I was enjoying it. But it got to a point where I actually needed to be able to say, look, where's your sense of confidence and your sense of security? Not in the portfolio, not in all these things. I have friends who have not recovered since 11 years ago, 2018, I mean 2008. They have not recovered up till now. Because their sense of security and everything was just on that. I had a friend whose 2 billion naira in the stock market was reduced to something like, a, is it like a 5 million or something? I'm telling you, it was bad. He contemplated suicide. Yeah. For like five years, I didn't even check my portfolio because I didn't want to think, I didn't want depression. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even go there. And this was me that every day, I mean, the stock market was my thing, and I enjoyed it, and I was making a lot of money. When the crash came, I just told myself, you are God alone, <laughs> from before time began. You are God alone, you are all your throne. It knows that kind of song you sing? You, you, you sing them to yourself, you know, to settle your spirit. You know that God has greater plans for you than your portfolio. Yeah. You don't put your trust in all those things. You don't put your trust in all those things. Yeah. I've had like two experiences in my life that taught me that greed must not be a part of your life. Let me share a second one with you. This time, I think I was, uh, maybe I was just a youth couple, first year of working. And then Aunt robbers came to my brother's house. I was living with my brother. I was the only one at home. My brother and his wife, they traveled for the weekend. And because I was the only one at home, they took time to collect everything that I had, as in everything. I think by the time they left, I had my boxer shorts. Maybe slippers. I had no shoes again. Maybe slippers. And maybe just one pair of trousers. I think so. I'm telling you. No wristwatch, nothing. I was like a newborn. <laughs> I'm telling you. I felt like a newborn. You know, when when you need new things to be able to. St- <laughs> it, it was was, was not a, it was not a very good experience, but it was a very interesting one. You know when Amrobat came to your house and they sat down and they asked for food? Yeah, that was the experience I had. I went to the fridge, brought chicken for them, you know, served them Coke and all that. And some boys were doing the work. Their guy was sitting down. Yeah, and I was the houseboy that was just going to do, to everything for them. You know the song that we sang? In the crushing, God is making new wine out of you. When I teach that you should come out of Greek today, I'm not teaching just Bible. I'm not teaching Hebrew Greek. I'm teaching experience. That's why nothing nothing is big to me. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no amount of money that this church will have that will make me dip my hands in church money. Nothing. I mean, nothing. I've been born again many times. I came out of that experience a born again person, this time around in the physical. Not in the spirit. <laughs> nothing, they, I mean, they left me with nothing. It was like God visited <laughs> and said, I'm stripping you of this level because I want to take you to a new level. Yeah. <laughs> and then the tw- 2008 that I was talking about, yeah. As at that time, I think I'd been working for like 10 years. And it just looks like every <laughs> you know, but by, by the time the experience was over, it was as if just ask me for anything I'll give you. Because I just felt like, and what's the point? <laughs> yeah. What's the point? Yeah. I've had to, well, so many th- I, I can't even go on. I can't I can't go on. There's a season in my life where I had a house, but God will not allow me to take rent from the house. Everybody that lived in my house, I have, a, I have one or two properties in this city. Everybody that lived in my house, God will just allow them to live. Ah. What? Just live, live free. But huh? well, you know, I mean, but who gave you a house? It's me. Okay, shut up. It's okay, and it's okay. That's okay. I will move on. But when your sense of security, you see, I need so, I'm rounding up. I need somebody to understand this, please. What I'm sharing with us here today is so important that you know. see today, all these things I've shared, they're in the past. How God has blessed me since that time. I can't even remember all those things. I can't even remember the things have lost. That's why it's so easy to walk away from anything. Can I tell you the truth for instance that people here, you have labored over your companies, you know and all that to the point that you can do anything to make the company survive and that's okay. But if God is asking you anything there, can you release it? You know the truth, if you don't release it, the devil will collect it. Yeah, the devil can collect it. There's nothing that I have today that I cannot walk away from. I've passed this church for over 80 years now. And a lot of labor and man hours has gone into it. But if I feel a sense of calling tomorrow. To move from here. I will have left before you hear. My model is Abraham. Do you think Abraham did not have people. That would say no he cannot go. When God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Did he he confer with uh, even his wife? He just... move on is God yeah that is the life of a man who is not holding on to anything not holding on to anything what are you holding on to the detriment of your life that's a question you need to ask yourself today what are you holding on to the detriment of your marriage what are you holding on to the detriment of a partnership that God has brought into your life Sometimes we're, we're too, we hold on too strongly to things that are destroying us. That's bringing greed into our life. Lastly, as I round up, when, you, when you get to read Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5, you read the story in Acts chapter 4 of Ananas of Sapphira. Ananias of Sapphira. The Bible says that when the power of God started to move in the early church, there was a spirit of generosity that descended on them. Acts chapter 4, and I think verse 32. The spirit of generosity descended on that place, and the Bible says, Now the multitude of those who believe were of one heart and one soul. This is what the spirit of generosity will do. When you see unity, it triggers generosity. When you see a marriage where there's unity, it triggers generosity. This is what the spirit of generosity would do. I mean, unity would do. Neither did anyone say that there was anything that he possesses. Nobody was laying claim to anything. But he had all things in common. There was unity and that unity sparks generosity. Whenever there's greed, there's really no unity. You know, I was talking about oneness the other time. Yeah. As you leave this service today, whether you are in a dating relationship or you are married and you are hiding things from each other, please tell yourself, we are not really one. Let's go and do something to make us one. Yeah. If you have to retake your vows again, go and do it. Real unity, oneness, sparks generosity, destroys greed. That was what destroyed greed here. And the power of God was then flowing the Bible says, Great grace came upon the apostles. Many mighty miracles were going on. Things were happen, happening. Scroll up, somebody. Scroll up for me. Things were happening there. Many great things were happening. Great grace was upon them all. And, and uh, from verse 34, then you start to see the spirit of generosity in manifestation. And there was one among them, n- none among them who lack, you know, because people who possess houses and all that, the, the, the unity sparks high level of generosity. Greed was destroyed. The level of greed in Nigerian church today is what has brought us to where we are. Yeah. Everybody's trying to secure their future. It's in our society. It must not be in the church. Yeah. That's why you see somebody who build a house and the fence is the tallest in the whole area. The road is bad. There are shanties around them, but we are the champion, champion of our area. Yeah look at what the church looks like this is what the church looks like by the time you, you go further down you read the story of uh, the guy who the Bible says they called the son of encouragement he sparked an unusual level of generosity by being the role model his name is Barnabas yeah Joseph who was also called Barnabas son of encouragement a Levite from the country of Cyprus he was a Levite as a Levite he was supposed to be taking, not giving. but he sparked and model an unusual level of generosity. Said, having learned, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostle's feet. Yeah, laid it at the apostle's feet. It became the model. And by the time we get to Acts of the Apostles, chapter five, verse one, and Ananias and Sapphira, they didn't have grace for it. Greed was still operating in their life. They wanted to show off, like Barabbas. Barnabas cannot just be getting all the accolades. Yeah, let's sell our own too, but we won't give everything. But we will now tell them that we we'll give everything, so that we can be at banner level. Yeah, the level of banner bus. You know, that's the standard of our church. Yeah, we we'll want to be at that level too. So, but we won't, we won't give everything. We'll just give small. The level of the move of the spirit in that place was like high tension wire. When they went to give it, it was like touching high-tension wire because of dishonesty and greed. They touched it and an as fell down and died. Sapphira came in a few hours later. They asked a simple question. Did you bring everything? She said, yes. Ah! Peter said, why did you conspire to, to lie against the Holy Ghost? This is high-tension. Yeah, this is high-tension electricity cable. You are touching. Boom! So it was back-to-back. Bah, bah. Husband died, wife died. You know, that's not happening again today because God knows this. if it happened now, they will shut down the church. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And a lot of you will not come back next Sunday anyway. In yeah, that church where they kill people. And I may not sleep in my house today. Yeah. Yeah. We just suffered so the building collapse. We should not come to church again and people will be dying. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, but what I'm saying is this. People may not be dying physically, but many things are dying because of greed. Yeah. Many things are dying because of greed. Destinies have been terminated because of greed. People are dying. Not physically, internally. Destinies are terminated. Opportunities have been terminated because some people are greedy. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Marriages are breaking down because of greed. Of greed, marriages are breaking. Many things are are breaking down, things are dying. We all need to make a commitment that we want Jesus to help us against greed. Lift your right hand to Jesus today and just tell him, Father, I submit my heart to you. I want to live a life that is free of greed. I want you to take charge of my heart, Jesus. Take charge of my heart, Jesus. Help me to overcome greed. Help me to submit everything to you. Have your way in my life. 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 Help me to overcome greed. Let greed not stop what you want to do in my life. Let it not destroy my marriage. Let it not destroy my business. Let it not destroy my partnership. Let it not stop me from enjoying a covenant relationship with you. Somebody pray to God this morning. Pray to God this morning. Pray to God this morning. And For some people here, God may be putting in your heart to just pray for some people. Husband, God may be putting in your heart to pray for your wife. Wife, God is putting in your heart to pray for your husband? For God to just pour his grace upon them and destroy the stranglehold of greed. Father, we thank you. Lift your two hands with me all over this place. Everyone uh, joining us online. I want to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, say today, I have heard your word. Say, I'm, I'm making a decision to let go of greed. Say, Jesus, you are the giver of grace. Give me grace to submit my resources, to worship you with my life, with everything that i have let nothing stop this relationship let nothing stop the covenant blessing in my life say today i make a commitment to walk free from greed see my visions my desires shall be guided by you shall be by the holy spirit say i shall not be moved by the things that are happening around me, I will focus my attention on your call over my life and your original intention for me. Say, I want to walk in the fullness of your plans and purposes for my life. Greed will not stop me in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for everyone under the influence of this service. We speak the spirit of generosity over everyone. Make our world, the world of the generous, generous that grows larger and larger. Let the hold of stinginess and greed be broken over our lives. In the name of Jesus. Help us to put our trust in you, to look unto you and you alone concerning our future. Give us the grace to plan, but help us not to put our trust only in our plans. Help us to release everything to you. Help us to be obedient children so that when you call on us and call on our resources, we will yield freely. Open our eyes to see people around us that you want to use us to bless. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you praise.